1: I'm Susan Arndt, and you're listening to The Geek Show on 104.5
0: CVFM, because you have excellent taste.
2: Welcome to the Geek Show here on 104.5 CVFM. And I'm currently flying solo, which is a weird sensation for me. But uh, we will carry on. We are going to be ca- talking about Doki Doki, which uh, me, Do- uh, Dov, uh, Dave, and Rob went to yesterday. It was a brilliant event, and credit to uh, you know, a credit to everyone who was involved in the organisation of it. Especially you, Andy. There's all sorts to talk about from Doki Doki. We met some amazing people there. Al Davison, not being the least of them. We do have an interview with Al coming up later on, and we also talked to uh, Kemi Soloway about the orphans in Japan, the uh, you know, Aid for Japan charity that she's currently running. Um, who else did we talk to? We talked to Ali from uh, Inside Japan. Uh, fascinating tour operator filled with people who actually have lived and worked in japan so they know all the best spots uh, look uh, we also spoke to uh the some of the guys from the uh, world bonsai society so anyone who's interested in bonsai you know, do stay tuned got a great interview very informative interview with uh ian from the world bonsai society uh and also from Steve from Neon Martian thank you so much Steve and thank you to everyone who did donate prizes for our Christmas competition in December um you know uh, I will go through the list of them at some point during the show but yeah thanks to all of you the guys from uh, Anim UK the guy uh, you know Steven is uh, Steven his colleague from Neon Martian and everyone else you know uh, you guys are fantastic uh, guys from Zoned Out as well you guys are awesome Thank you so much. But before we go anywhere else, let's talk healing factors. Yes, Wolverine. Wolverine healing factors. Now, deep within our our bodies, there are all kinds of genes that turn on and off over the years, including the very genes that make you grow a body in the first place. Now, George Daly of Harvard Medical School thinks he stumbled upon the gene that controls regrowth. Effectively, Wolverine's healing factor. And he re- he appears to have stumbled upon it somewhat accidentally. Um, while employing a rather cruel identification technique for his lab mice, clipping their ears on or, or the tips of their toes, he noticed something odd. Unlike other mice, these little guys would grow back their ears and toes in a few days. Why? Well, the mice had been genetically engineered so that a gene that helps them grow in the womb would continue to function after birth. It would, in a sense, never turn off. It's called LIM-28A, and by boosting metabolism, it can trick the body into thinking it's younger than it actually is. There is good news. The only question now is, how good? Daly and company confirmed that the gene could regrow parts of the body, but his method has some limitations. A uh, scientific American described the experiment's shortcoming. uh, in this way the power of lin-28a appeared to only extend so far when mice were no longer babies at five weeks the scientists were able to regenerate their limbs even if the gene was stimulated and mice with lin-28a activation were never able to repair damage to the heart suggesting the protein is not equally effective to the body welcome to nat
1: hello how are
2: you doing
1: i'm okay thank you
2: accidentally called you cat a second there,
1: oh, don't know why. Not again.
2: Yeah, I have no idea why. Yes, the uh, sorry was the healing factor. They think they found it. They're not sure though, and it does have limitations. But wouldn't it be great?
1: I, I would. Go, I would opt for the claw hands. Sorry. I would opt for the claw hands. I would. I would get claw hands, and then
2: the claw. Yeah,
1: I would. I would totally Wolverine. Ooh, up. the claw. <laughs>
2: <laughs> sorry. Channeling <laughs> <laughs> Toy Story. <laughs> Um, Yes. Uh, Anyway, moving on. Rebuild the archive. Now, the Internet Archive. um, The Internet Archive, their uh, scanning center, which housed thousands of digital, you know, they use it to digitally preserve all sorts of books and, you know, um, microfilms, uh, microfiches, you know, movies, the whole thing. Um, The scanning center went up in flames last week. Oh. And everything that they had stored there on hard copy was gone. Thankfully, the Internet Archive didn't lose any data because the archive is kept in a separate building. But uh, and also nobody was harmed. But the physical materials that were being uh, that were in the process of being digitized, the bulk of it, you know, was in a separate archive. But uh, there are some big headaches though. Uh, the power interruptions caused some sporadic outages at archive.org no data has been lost but eight uh, and eight workers who staffed the scanning center will be temporarily will temporarily have to relocate to the physical archive facility across the bay the current estimated value of scanning equipment lost in the fire is 600,000 dollars which is about 373,000 uh, pounds there is uh, a donation drive set up to restore all the scanning equipment and to rebuild that building. Um, so, if you head over to archive.org, you'll find it. If you do want to donate, it is a very good cause because it is the Internet Archive. They, the, you know, it, it's basically like the British Museum of the Internet. You know, they will preserve everything.
1: Um, I mean, as far as I mean, fires and stuff. It's it's very relatively lucky. I mean. As far as long as losses go, I mean it could have been much worse and obviously they're very lucky not to have lost anyone. Absolutely. So that's uh that's fortunate. But uh yeah, it's a fantastic cause if you can donate to it. I mean, uh well it's uh, obviously it <laughs> was museums go. Yeah. It's it's there for everyone to use, isn't it? I mean it's 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 uh, nothing more accessible. Absolutely. Cross borders.
2: Uh, absolutely. Um, so, yes, uh, well, loads of people rely on the Internet Archive as well because if you're going to put stuff on I- iTunes, then you basically put it on archive.org and then you stream it through, you know, you put up an RSS feed and then you can add it to iTunes and then you can put your podcast on there. So, it's important for all the podcasters out there at the very least.
1: Yeah. Uh, God, I, I sound sort uh, um I it's mean, because it's because you're it's right, really s- a
2: slightly flushed oh, today. No.
1: It's as a resource. I mean, especially as someone who uses a lot of internet resources, yeah. I am a very, very lazy researcher. Uh, it's a fantastic resource to have, and I think if if you can spare the cash, I, I will be. Yeah. I think I will be definitely.
2: I think all of us will be.
1: Yeah, donating something uh, for them to replace their scanning equipment. Because I think it's incredibly important to have something like that in yeah. in the, the cloud.
2: Nice, the nice thing about it as well is it's independent of, like, governments and organisations and stuff like that. This is just a collection of people who got together to do this, so, you know, I really like it for that. Right, moving on. Get bigger brains with Mario 64. Now, I love the look of confusion on your face from that, because it's a the look of confusion I had when I saw the headline as well. All right, apparently, accordingly, allegedly... (laughs) I have to use the word allegedly... um, According to a recent study, um, playing Super Mario 64, not other versions of Super Mario, but Super Mario 64, for half an hour a day, over the course of two months, causes a significant increase in brain size.
1: I don't necessarily think that's a good thing.
2: Neither do I.
1: Like, enlarged brain could be like enlarged heart.
2: Yes. It's
1: something that you should not necessarily
2: (laughs) (laughs) laud. Well, what makes this study apparently compelling is the causation bit. While previous studies have shown differences in brain structure of video gamers, um, the present study can demonstrate a direct causal link between video gaming and volumetric brain increase, says the study leader, Simon Kuhn. This proves that specific brain regions can be trained by means of video games, and apparently that's a really good thing when it comes to stuff like helping soldiers recover from post-traumatic stress disorder, which I will agree with.
1: Uh, yeah, again, fantastic research, but brain size...
2: Yes. Not Cranium necessarily... is only so big.
1: Well, um, it's comfortable, the way brain, it is. Brains like um, Albert Einstein um, was actually, when they measured them, were found to be smaller but denser. Yeah. So being bigger but less dense therefore would probably be a negative head full of fluff. thing.
2: Head full of fluff? isn't <laughs> yeah, it? There is it is literally it's a head full of fluff. Like
1: The distance between neurons and things is not necessarily a good thing. I mean, I, I, obviously as a lay person just reading things. But, um, I think I got that from the blood, bones, and body bits. <laughs> <laughs> Horrible <laughs> science book. I think that is legitimately where I'm getting that fact from. But, um, like I said, I mean, like volume of brain, density yeah. of brain, I think that is not necessarily as good as they're making it sound. Yes. Like, cognitive therapy, yeah. very different to brain size.
2: Yes, <laughs> I will agree with you totally on that. Um, the city is relatively small, on just 23 adults. So before everyone starts jumping for joy going, yes, yeah, bigger brains or, you know, cotton candy brains even, <laughs> um, let's just wait and see how it goes. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um uh more power to s- with solar uh, with pop solar panels this is ridiculous research coming right at you, and th- you you're not going to believe this this is this was genius I read this and I had to do a double take um A UK research team have discovered that a certain type of solar panel works most efficiently when exposed to the acoustic vibrations of pop music. Somebody uh, actually gave them a research grant to do this.
1: This is like Britney Spears on a board again. I'm, yes. Just, I'm tired. I'm, I'm really tired. And and I, I checked out once I heard UK research team. I was like, <laughs> oh, it's us. We're useless. I don't care anymore.
2: <laughs> David Beckham studies all over again.
1: <sighs>
2: <laughs> Let's see. I'm going to pay you £10,000 to research how bendy the ball gets when Beckham kicks yeah, it.
1: Yeah, these scientists are just bored. It's like, how many fruit pastels does it? take to choke a sparrow.
2: No, no, no. I want them to do that. I want them to research. Can you put a fruit pastel in your mouth without chewing it? Someone needs to do research on that.
1: I cannot. I, <laughs> well, I can't put f- hard candies in my mouth without chewing them. Like, you know, aniseed yeah. balls, the ones that break teeth. Yes. I can't put those in my mouth without chewing them. So fruit pastels are nice and chewy. I can't resist.
2: Well, that was their, <laughs> that was their selling line like, for ages, wasn't it? That was their tagline. Can you put a fruit pastel in your mouth without chewing it? I reckon someone needs to do research on that. Put up a Mm -hmm. Kickstarter, we're going to research whether you can put a fruit pastel in your mouth without chewing (laughs) it. (laughs) We need one million pounds for this research.
1: I think that would get more Kickstarters than most, like, movies do. (laughs) Oh, God,
2: yes. (laughs) I'd give it a quid. (laughs) (laughs) It's the age-old question that we want answering. But, yeah, the UK research team works on zinc oxide solar panels, which are cheaper and more flexible uh, than the traditional silicon-based ones. Um, but they're still in experimental stages. So what they decided to do, and I don't know which genius had this idea, but some genius must have done, they thought that, okay, maybe we can use vibrations of something. Let's play some music at it.
1: (laughs) I can see it developing out of a really, like, sane conversation. Like, well, if it's flexible, maybe like, vibrations, like, sonic waves will have an effect on it. Oh, yeah, well, what what kind of, like, sonic wave? And then just some, like, moron works in and goes, I like pop music. Let's play pop music.
2: An (laughs) industrial-scale stereo. (laughs) Yeah, that's the kind of thing that you'd need to get this to work properly, is an industrial-scale stereo. I wonder
1: if it, like, split off into two sects and there was one playing, like, like
3: Skrillex.
2: Do you know what this reminds me <laughs> of, right? This reminds me of that little iPod docking station. You you, you've got an iPod? The docking station is the size of a pony. It's huge. <laughs> for a little thing, But uh, for, uh, you, people can't see my hand gestures, but for something tiny, it's huge docking station the size of a pony. I'm going, why? Why? Yes, for something like that.
1: I have a fifth-gen iPod Nano. It's 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 so small. It's like a postage stamp. It's dinky. It's so small. Can you
2: imagine putting that on a donkey and then listening to it? I, I have an obsession
1: for small things. Today, I got a I got a very small e-reader, and I also have a very small tablet. It's
2: not, it's not a tablet then. In a
1: very small. In a very small rucksack.
2: <laughs> I I swear, women's handbags—they're like the Tardis.
1: Oh, my handbag is—it's it's unreal. I I am ridiculous. I've I've got all sorts in it, <laughs> including including the, the the review discs that I have done. <laughs> <laughs> it's just reminded me. <laughs>
2: Yes, we will be reviewing Arakow Under the Bridge and Shangri-La later on. Only two reviews today, but we'll get to that in a second. Moving on very swiftly. And this has to be seen, to be believed, WTF Award for you guys over in China. in the, In the Chinese Again. movie industry... Uh, this time,
1: oh, oh, I think I've seen this,
2: and you've been to see Thor too. Oh, you? I think I've this seen this. This is just the best, isn't it? Oh,
1: <laughs> my dad was obsessed with this picture. Thor two
2: bromance. <laughs> it's going to a cinema near you. Some Chinese genius with Photoshop decided to replace. Um, is it Natalie Portman?
1: I, I think. Oh God! Uh,
2: well, uh, yeah, Natalie okay, Portman yeah. <laughs> uh, playing Jane Foster decided to replace Natalie Portman in the poster of Thor 2 When she's being, you know, when she's being protected by Chris Hemsworth's Thor, decided to replace her with a swooning Loki. I,
1: <laughs> and I'd, rep- I'd, I'd replace Natalie Portman with a swooning Loki uh, any time. How
2: <laughs> much shipping is that picture going to get on Tumblr now?
1: Oh, it's it's all over Tumblr. <laughs> <laughs> it is all over Tumblr. <laughs>
2: it's just uh, i saw this picture and i went what 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 what
1: <laughs> um i'm i'm just I'm, I'm kind of shocked that they used it at all like 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 they just saw that and gone seems legit yeah that's that's a movie poster it's no <laughs> exactly <laughs> no I'm, I'm quite impressed at how high res it is <laughs> no. for, for just like a, a fanfic kind of like thing i' really impressed at the quality
2: (laughs) it's oh my god it is it's one of those things you just kind of it's beautiful (gasps) it's so strange it's (laughs) unreal it's like a car crash you can't take your eyes off it (laughs) (laughs) right moving on WTF Award number 2 before we take a break for a song and this is Katy Perry Biohazard
1: uh oh You
2: don't know about this, do you? No. Right, Australian authorities have seized Katy Perry's new album, deeming it a biohazard.
1: (laughs) Success! Does it have, like, anthrax in it or something? (laughs) No.
2: Um, Apparently her album is awful. We all know this because it's Katy Perry. Um, Sorry all you kids who like Katy Perry, but she's terrible. Uh, Anyway.
1: I'll not show you my iPod then.
2: (laughs) Her Her new album isn't just kind of... Bad for the ears, it's also been deemed a biosecurity con- concern because the album artwork is made of seed paper and comes with instructions to spread the light uh. by planting it. Customs authorities, however, fear that this could introduce an invasive species of plant to the continent, violating Australia's strict quarantine controls.
1: Yeah, where to go, Katy Perry? Where a derp up there?
2: I know. <laughs> Um, Domestic versions of the album include harmless seeds for the Swan River Daisy, right? Plenty of international versions are making their way into stores and landscapes further afield. Australian biosecurity officers are thus quarantining the international versions and evaluating their invasive potential.
1: If they deem them to be invasive, they will irradiate them. I know. And that's probably not good for playback.
2: (laughs) You're not kidding.
1: (laughs) I would just buy the MP3. Yeah, of raw, and then just throw away the rest of the disc because it's probably not very good.
2: <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs>
2: now, uh, I mean, as we all know, invasive species are a big deal when it comes to uh, oh, you know they biosecurity.
1: Have such a terrible time with all the bunny rabbits that we sent over.
2: Yeah, I know.
1: Oh, oh, but they're so cute. I have, I have four pet rabbits. I know. And and I dread to think. <laughs> <laughs> they've all been, been speared and neutered, though, so I only have four of it and they stop at four. <laughs>
2: Sorry, all I can say that is, I've seen Watership Down, and I know the truth.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I choose not to remember that film very well. <laughs> it's so sad.
2: <laughs> Which one of yours is called a that, No, they're all
1: named uh, Gizmo and Stripe from... Uh, you
2: called one of them Stripe, and you don't expect Watership Down to happen.
1: <laughs> Gizmo and Stripe from... Oh, Gremlins, Gremlins, um Stormageddon from Doctor Who and Copernicus, which is Doc Brown's dog from the yeah. fifties. <laughs> I am such I wanna get um a blonde one called Pikachu and a black one called Zool. <laughs> Oh God. I am such a geek. It's amazing. (laughs) This is true. I
2: I do not have any arguments on that. You wanna call a bunny zoo? I am fine with
1: this. (laughs) (laughs) So it'd be awesome. And like it come over with biscuits, come on zoo and it just like comes over, it's all fluffy and zoo. Oh. oh God!
2: If it could actually say "Zoo," I'd be oh. terrified. <laughs> I would. I that's, would. I would be. I would be pooing bricks. That, that's a
1: whole different kind of rubbish.
2: <laughs> yes. Anyway, um, we're going to take a break for a song. There, I think, because today is our Ducky Ducky special. I did manage to sort out all the interviews. What's it's, a
1: Ducky, and how do I catch one? Ducky
2: Ducky is the sound <laughs> of the heartbeat, isn't it? Yeah, Is it because it's uh, onomatopoeia for heartbeat? Oh, okay. Doki you know, doki.
1: That's quite cute. I know
2: it's Japanese, obviously.
1: Well, clearly. Yeah.
2: <laughs> so yeah, uh, we will be talking uh, more about the Doki Doki festival. We've got some great interviews lined up. Hi there. I'm Robert Rankin, and you're listening to the the Geek Show. Oh yes. Right, as I've already explained, Rob, me, and Dave went on an epic quest yesterday down to Manchester to go to Doki Doki Japanese cultural festival which was filled with all sorts of people wearing strange costumes and no that wasn't the Japanese people that was all of the English people dressed as like Sailor Moon and there was a bunch of titans from Attack on Titan there There's
1: I I would not have been happy with this oh, <laughs> were they in clothes?
2: <laughs> no they were wearing like flesh coloured boxer shorts and running around with body paint on and it was it looked very wrong and also looked very very cold considering it was chucking it down when we left
1: sounds homestuck all over again <laughs> yes
2: it was very homestuck all over again um that wasn't the worst part about the titans <laughs> one of the, a couple of them decided to come as the colossal titan you know the one with all the all the muscle exposed
1: yeah
2: right only problem is yeah, I don't even know if I could say this on the radio, but when they <laughs> turned into profile, you know, side on, things were sticking out that shouldn't have been sticking out. Let's put it that way, guys. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh dear! Uh, you know, maybe d- some
2: duct tape next time. As long as
1: they didn't decide to, like, you know, like jokingly chow down on any people, like joke nom. Like we had people. I've had people jokingly, like, dressed yeah. as vampires, sort of go, oh, I'm only pretending to bite you. And it's like, I'm only going to pretend to punch you in the face. Repeatedly.
2: Yes. yes. <laughs> there probably was some of that going on. We didn't see it, but, uh, you know, that doesn't mean it didn't happen.
1: <laughs> it's it's but you just need a
2: Yeah. I mean, obviously, the free hugs were going around.
1: Chili beans. Not everybody's into it. Yeah. Just cool it. <laughs>
2: cool, you yes. just There was a very good barbarian hero, though. It's a very good. Uh, there was a very good barbarian hero, and there was a very good uh, Skyrim guy as well. He had yeah. a fanta- he had a fantastic cosplay, and he was you know quite big. All right. As one of the you know those really spiky Skyrim you know guard uh, type uh, armor type whatever uh, yeah. they are you know, with a big kind of spiky axe thing. It was very good. Dragon Lots of spikes. I, I think he was one of the Dragon Ball or whatever he is. I can't
1: remember. Uh,
2: if I see a picture of it, I'll be able to tell you, but I can't remember the name of it. But he was very good, and and Dave, Dave went as Link. Right? Dave, Dave, Dave is Link. I Dave,
1: think, we, at we, this point, Dave. We,
2: we were we lost Link at certain points because he'd been kidnapped by people who wanted a photo with him. Because we saw about five, six Links on the day, and the difference between them and Dave was quite large, <laughs> <laughs> quite large.
1: And then Dave got home and. Uh, Panda onesie, and he <laughs> took the most <laughs> positive picture. It was beautiful. It was like he was like panda panda onesie. <laughs> it was like, oh god, Dave. <laughs>
2: That's gonna be his show profile pic. You do realize that? Uh, now. I was
1: like, I can't allow you to do that, Dave. Oh, I really wanted to put that, but then I thought, oh, I can't. I just, I'm too tired. I'm
2: going
1: <laughs> to go back to watching this anime. <laughs>
2: Yes. Um, Right. We are going to take a very quick break there for some interviews, but we'll be back. Uh, First up is uh, Bujikan Ninjutsu. We're going to start off with ninjas, which is always a good thing at an anime convention. Going to start off with ninjas. Following that, it will be Ali from Inside Japan talking about uh, the tours that they run. And actually, that's an interesting one. If you do want to go to Japan, you know, it might be worth talking to the guys from inside Japan before you go, because these guys know their stuff. They should do. They lived and worked there for years. All right, we'll be back in a few minutes, but until then, here's some talk about
4: ninjas. Hi, uh, the Geek Show this weekend are at Doki Doki, and we're having a look round in a... Talk to a few different people, and right now I have an awesome martial artist in front of me who is from, I don't want to pronounce it wrong, so if you can do it, take It's away, a circle
5: Martial Arts sensor, and it's Bujinkan Ninjutsu that we study
4: Ninjutsu, excellent um, Is it purely just Jap- traditional Japanese Ninjutsu or is there any... Uh- is it adapted in any sort of well, way? Well, yeah, what
5: we do, I mean, our arts, um, it's not just ninja either, it's ninja mm-hmm. and the samurai uh, martial arts, which are uh, obviously very old, uh, developed yeah. over warfare. So, so some Bushido
4: uh, in there as well, I assume. Well, well. yeah,
5: Bushido is uh, the code of a samurai. It's yeah. a Budo art, Budo being the, the way of the warrior. Uh, of course, there's no uh, no use of those things today, really, unless we get thrown back into the Middle Ages, the feudal Japan. Yeah. Uh, so we, lots of techniques can be adapted in ways that we can then use. So, um, even weapons, exactly. We? Kusari-fundo, the traditional Japanese weapon of a chain, a bit yep. of rope, a belt—it can be used just to defend yourself. A lot oh, of your unarmed so techniques, you know, it can all be used to defend yourself. In the same way that, like,
4: karate was originally developed back uh, in the same sort of times—it so was a long time, yeah, Bushido. Then uh, it has some some leftovers from that, but it's been developed into a usable yeah, form now. So this is the same sort of thing for ninjutsu I yeah
5: of course I mean what we, ninjutsu has always been an adaptable um, art anyway yeah. the ninja were, were spies uh, spies and assassins uh, although most people think all assassins mostly it was spying and so anything you can use you do use and that's part of it well as information all,
4: was valuable so yeah of
5: course yeah and um, what we do as well is a henka henka is adaptions or variations yeah. so although a technique may have a specific form, um used perhaps against the katana you can change that to see how it works for you so <laughs> on hitting maybe with a bit of two-by-four or something. The musudori techniques, although very traditional, developed hundreds of years ago to disarm people from sword, it can disarm a new sort of weapon as well. So you can use it for real-life applications
4: like knives and things like that?
5: Yeah, absolutely. We yeah. do Knives were a weapon around in feudal Japan too, with Tanto. So yeah. you know, using knives and indeed disarming knives, protecting yourself from knives is something that we do. Oh, and that's of really cool. on our methods of combat and
4: too. And uh, how do you teach this? Uh, do you teach... What sort of age groups? Or is it we all do, ages? Or? No,
5: yeah, all ages. We do children's lessons. Uh, at the moment, they're just on Saturdays. Uh, we're going to be bringing in a weekly lesson as well. Uh, so that's more or less all ages there. Yeah, um, But then adults as well. Anyone over the age of 17 can come into the adults class there in the evenings. Uh, and all the way up to, we've got people starting in the 50s. Yeah, it's not an art where you need to be at the peak of physical fitness. Yep. Our grandmasters it's in like 80s. It's more like application of technique rather than yeah. actually especially because what we do it's it's not a lot of unnecessary movement that's the principle of it it's yeah. moving at the right time in the right way expending the least amount of energy for the most effect
4: excellent and uh, is there anything you'd say to anyone that was wanting to uh take up this sort of thing y-
5: yeah certainly just just come down uh in Bujinkan, is not a martial art many people know most people think martial arts karate that's yeah. that's what they do um but it is it is an excellent martial art. I mean, when I was uh, young, I studied Jeet Kune Do Kung Fu. And I did that for eight years. Yeah. When I came to uh, to Circle Martial Arts Centre, uh, it was a complete mistake. I went to the wrong place at the right time and never looked back. Excellent. It's, it's an excellent martial art.
4: So just something you stumbled into and found something that was yeah, perfect Yeah, wrong place, right time. Excellent. Well, thanks very much for talking to Thank us. Thank you very much. I think we got a nice overview of the martial art and everything there. Yeah, yeah, just I mean, anyone who may be interested in learning any sort of
5: martial arts uh, or with a specific interest in, in the ninja or the samurai history and culture, we're on Facebook, Circle Martial Arts. You can like us on there. We do all kinds of events, and we have people coming from Japan, from Canary Islands, all over the world to teach with us as well. Oh, excellent. Thanks very much for talking Thank to us. Thank you very much.
4: Thank you.
3: Don't be a commoner. Listen to The Geek Show.
4: Hi, the Geek Show are on tour. We're at Doki Doki here in Manchester today. I'm joined by Ali from Inside Japan. Can you tell us a little bit about what Inside Japan is and what you do?
6: Hi, yeah, Inside Japan Tours is a Japan specialist tour operator based in Bristol. Right. Um, We've all lived and worked in Japan and we put together tailor-made travel for people and also small group tours ah cool so we're encouraging everyone to go and visit the wonderful country so which is japan long
4: term or short term or? um
6: we do uh, any kind of trips that people want but most of our trips tend to be sort of 10 to 14 days ah that's
4: cool so yeah you get a nice taste yeah like, without dealing with things like visas
6: no we well, don't need <sighs> a visa for japan if you want to stay under three months so ah, that's cool yeah
4: <laughs> so if if i said i wanted to go to japan tomorrow uh-huh how do I go about it?
6: Well, I would ask you what kind of places you want to go to and maybe su- suggest some things too based on your interests. And then we could put together a tailor-made trip for you. We'd write you a personalized guidebook and oh, cool. uh, book everything in advance and send you on your way.
4: Ah, that's awesome. So like, whether I want to go to Tokyo or if I wanted to go somewhere nice like Okinawa on yeah. the... Yeah,
6: absolutely. We, we've we all lived in different places in Japan, so uh, we have special areas that we can focus on and, and we can send you to Tokyo, we can send you to the islands. Oh, that's cool. So anything. it's all
4: from a first-hand perspective that you've, you've lived, you've worked in these places, so you yeah. know them out. So it's not just like tourist spiel that uh, anyone <laughs> else would give you about like like the tourist information version it's no. the, the real version that you know about absolutely we, we use our
6: own experience so I like to send people to central Japan Aichi that's where yeah. I live so if I can I want my customers to go there and, and eat the food that I've eaten in the restaurants that I've been to oh and so
4: individual <laughs> restaurant uh, yeah, recommendations yeah. and everything
6: absolutely and if you have a special interest then we can do research for you and, and find out the best places for you to go as well oh cool so if there
4: was someone who really wanted to go to Akebara and check uh-huh. out the all electronics yep you'd be able to put together we'll an sort awesome it out. Uh,
6: yeah we've got awesome. an in Japan as well, and so they can help us out with the latest information too.
4: Ah, that's cool. So any updates or anything since you've been there? Yeah, they'll know everything to tell them about.
6: Absolutely, and we all go out bit cool. regularly as well, so we can update our information. And
4: where can people find you?
6: Uh, you can find us at InsideJapanTours.com.
4: Excellent. That's nice and easy to remember. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Thanks very much for talking to us Thank today, you very today much. Ali. That's very interesting. Cheers. Thank you.
2: Hi everyone. Welcome back to One Hundred Four Point Five CVFM. The previous uh, I don't know what happened in the middle of those interviews there for some reason it cut off the end one but we do apologise for that um, I'll fix that in post <laughs> <laughs> yes, uh, prior to that uh, the first interview was obviously Bujinkan Ninja 2 uh, which was, uh, you know there was lots of martial arts at Doki Doki lots of martial arts and there is quite a few good demonstrations going on as well although I'm not sure how mo- I, I, I'm not sure about putting so many um, hyperactive anime kids in the presence of weaponry
1: <coughs> oh you old fuddy-duddy
2: old fuddy-duddy they had actual swords
1: oh that's not good <laughs> <laughs> yes
2: they had actual weapons I mean bladed weapons edged weapons and things that could really do some damage if you were hit well, with them
1: don't hand them to the children they
2: were very careful not to yeah the only problem is some of those children were 45 years old
1: oh <laughs> oh oh
2: Yes. Physical age being nothing but a number at an anime convention, as you already know.
1: Unfortunately, yes.
2: (laughs) How many brawnies have you seen in full costume?
1: Too many, too many. All right,
2: and after that, it was Ali obviously uh, talking about Inside Japan and the tours that they run. I'm actually, you know, if I go to Japan again... I'm tempted to use their service because it's more in line with what I want from Japan. Yeah, you know, I've done the uh, Akihabara thing. I've done all those other bits. You know, I've done the typical touristy bits, but I'd like to go back into the back country of Japan. You know, into the more rural areas.
1: I would like to go off to Rabbit Island. There is a place. I
2: know. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just waiting for the follow-up to that. <laughs>
1: um well, they uh, they had a the factory, didn't they, uh, that, that manufactured the poison gas and they supposedly released all the test rabbits yeah. just onto this island and now they're all sort of like semi-tame, so they come up and beg for food. I would be in my element. <laughs> I would be! <laughs> I, I, am, I make no... I, make, I am not ashamed of this fact, I would be in my element. But yes, um, I've never actually been... I've only ever been abroad once. So, I, there are a lot of places that I, I, I need to see, <laughs> if you get my meaning. Yeah. Japan is one of them. But there's also, like, really weird places on my list of places to go, like, I need to go to Chernobyl.
2: What, you turn into Stalker or something like that? No, I just need to. <laughs> okay.
1: It's interesting. It, it's part of, like, I have a sort of morbid curiosity. I, I like to write, the like, as part of my writing yeah. things, I, I, I'm a very as a writer I like to write sci-fi and things like that so as a writer I like to go to places that give me sort of dystopian yeah uh, like things to write about so places like that give you a good view
2: Hi,
5: this is Private Dick Simmons from the popular web series Red vs Blue and you're listening to The Geek Show Sarge Approved
4: Hi, The Geek Show are at Doki Doki in Manchester I'm here with Akemi Soloway
3: Hello, Konnichiwa
4: Konnichiwa Akemi Hi and uh I'd like to talk to you a little bit about your charity work with the orphans of the tsunami in Japan. If you yes,
3: hi. In Japan, 11th of March, 2011, tsunami yeah. and earthquake. Over 20,000 people died. And our charity is for children who lost parents and grandparents because of tsunami. And uh, our charity is supporting those orphans.
4: Oh, that's that's really nice. So. Could you tell me a little bit about the work you've done and uh, the money you've collected and things? Yes.
3: So the tsunami happened in 2011, and that is March and August. We we became a charity organisation. We have a lawyer and accountant and a lot of volunteers. And what we've done, my job is I'm a teacher of Japanese language, and I'm a lecturer of Japanese culture, so I visit many, many places, especially yep. anime convention. Yes. And I appeal, our charity, Let's Help, Let's Support Orphans, Yeah. and I appeal to anime fan, and anime convention donated money to us. So now, 2012, December, we could invite orphans to England. That's oh. what we've done.
4: That's excellent. I mean, I've seen you at a lot of conventions myself. Uh, I've learned a lot about Japanese culture from you as well. Uh, the uh, the talks you do are very, very good. Yeah,
3: thank uh, you very much.
4: Uh, it's really nice to be able to give something back as well. That, like yes, A um, lot of people have seen you around the convention scene, and it's a nice opportunity to be able to, uh,
3: yes, to help anime, people in Japan. Anime fans, they are intelligent, they are very kind and nice, and they like art and I like coming to anime convention because I can meet nice people. Then I can appeal to this charity. Then people would like to donate and that means Japanese children really appreciate it and they come to this country because using that donation and those children can meet anime fans as well because those children, we are helping often, they like anime too. Uh, Everybody likes anime. So
4: it's, it's a big culture swap and it's all... Yes. Lots of people brought together by a lovely like shared interest. Yes, it's re- and another really thing
3: nice. I will tell you second one, second event we've done. This summer we did summer residential course in Japan. We gathered children near Mount Fuji yeah. and English volunteer joined. So Japanese children and English volunteers played together and we created our song together. Oh, and that's that was cool. very good and also for example, my student, 15-year-old boy, Tim, went to Japan to join this. And tsuyoshi 15 15-year-old boy, uh, he lost parents and grandparents. And he and Tim stayed in the same room. And those two boys, 15-year-old boy, they were very, very shy. But at night, I could hear their laughing. And I asked them what happened. And they said... We like same anime. We can talk. Oh, that's
4: brilliant. So, I know.
3: It's wonderful. So now uh, Tsuyoshi-kun will come here, holiday, Easter holiday, and yeah. Tim is waiting for him. And Tsuyoshi is studying English very hard to talk with Tim. And Tim is studying Japanese very hard to talk with Tsuyoshi. So it's wonderful.
4: Oh, that's really no- It's really nice to hear little stories like that. that like. Yeah. Um, people other side of the world just yes like and interacting. also English
3: people like my students and English people want to help those children and orphans and yeah. it's very very good because we don't give money just money, we want to give our heart, we are supporting we will meet you and we play together and we will watch you for a long long time Yeah. and please think England is second home
4: Oh, that's brilliant, because, of course, just giving money to these kids wouldn't... That, that level of support is amazing, and that's, that's Thank really... Thank you, and
3: also, every week, the same time, I call those seven children, because uh, time differences, but it's yeah. good, every week, talk, and how is it, and what do you study English, and all sort of things.
4: OK, that's that's amazing. Thank you for talking to us today, Kemi.
3: Thank you. And uh, if people want to help your
4: charity, how can they do that? Hi,
3: Arigato how to do that is please visit our website because all the children's face and every activity is in youtube in my website our website address is www.84japan.org.uk. please visit the website and you can donate as well and see those children's face they are so lovely
4: Thank you very much for talking to us, Akemi. My pleasure. And I hope everyone visits the website and helps out as much as they can.
3: Yeah, for the long, long time in my mind, I will continue until my death.
4: (laughs) Thank you
1: very much. Hi. Hi, and welcome back to The Geek Show on 104.5 CVFM.
2: Still reading it off the sign behind me, aren't you? A little
1: bit. <laughs> <laughs> Just to <a> check.
2: <laughs> yeah, that was the uh, the lovely Akemi Soloway. Uh, anyone who's a regular Congoer will recognise Akemi's voice there. Talking about aid for Japan and raising money for the orphans in Japan. It's a very good cause. So again, if there's if you're going to donate something to it, then great, uh, Then please do so. Uh, do you know what was really nice about that interview when she was telling us about that uh, orphan from Japan? And one of her students from this country, uh, and he went to volunteer uh, as part of the cause over in Japan. She had the two of them staying in a room, and they were both very shy. And then they both opened up because they loved the same shows. And That's I thought that nice. was really sweet. Yeah. You know. Um, so yeah, Akemi's been doing lots of good work over uh, over the last couple of years to raise money for Japan. Uh, coming up, we do have an interview with Laura, also known as Goffy Twerb on DeviantArt <laughs> but that'll be coming up soon do you know the uh, one of the things about Doki Doki that surprised me was just how open it was um, they had to they they had a nice area for it because I know that two years ago when it was on because it's every two years and every other year they have like the Japan Society of the Northwest run a Japan, uh, J- a Japan Day uh, more, which is more cultural stuff you know rather than pop cultural stuff the nice thing about where they had it, the Sutton Sports Centre, it's very open. They had a lot more areas to go to. They had, like, two different halls, one for the dealers and the artists and another one for the more cultural stuff. They even had sushi.
1: Ooh, I love sushi.
2: Yeah, um, which was, in the, t- in the traditional con fashion, it was very, very expensive. Uh, <laughs> Seven pounds for a box.
1: Is not everything.
2: Yes. But uh, sweet octopus were there and they do very good cakes. They're like the Japanese version of Mr. Kipling. <laughs> they are
1: exceedingly good.
2: Yes, exceedingly good. Oh, yes, exceedingly good. Um I'm in the mistake of walking past their that st- uh, their setup while I was hungry. Never,
1: ever, ever do. Never walk past
0: cakes.
2: No, it, 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 it's it, it's this weird thing. I don't know. It, 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 I'm sure it's not just me who has this reaction, but when you're hungry and you walk past cakes and you can smell them or, or freshly baked bread, you know, it's like the saliva glands just go into automatic and you you might as well just swim the rest of the way. It's
1: when you walk past food, any food, like KC always smells really good when you walk past it and you're hungry, but it smells rank when you've just eaten. <laughs>
2: I'll have to ask my friend about that, because he literally drinks the stuff. It's like he inhales it. But do you know the problem I have with him? Wayne, and yeah, I'm talking about you, mate. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he eats stuff, he eats KFC by the bucket lord. doesn't put an ounce of fat on. Oh, you. Know, it, it, you terrible know, human it, being. Hey, terrible. But... the. <sighs> The worst part is, I swear, this is the case. I don't know how he's doing it. It's some voodoo or something like that. He eats it and I get fat.
1: <laughs> oh, that's not fair. I
2: could have been fasting for, like, the past 30 days and I've dropped, like, what, however many, however many stone and then he has one bucket of KFC and suddenly I'm back to the back to the same weight I was before.
1: <laughs> oh, fat by association. Yes, <laughs> yes. <laughs> um... I often find that uh, con food just it 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 just looks better. It just looks better. It smells better. It tastes better. It might not be better, but it just you have to justify it being that price. So you just convince yourself it's better. It has to be better. It's it's like nine pounds. It must be better. Do you know,
2: I, I'll tell you something. Whoever can do proper croquettes at a con, proper Japanese style croquettes at a con, is going to be making a killing. Because uh, the guys who they had doing the sushi were also doing, like, a version of croquettes, but it was pastry rather than potato, mm. you know. Um, and I like the potato version much better.
1: It sounds like it'd be, like, like really difficult to fry. And well,
2: the thing is, they can't really have open oil there, yeah. can they? Because it's the uh, health and safety thing. But if they well, had to a... to be ki-
1: fair, boiling oil, small anime children running round... I mean... It's, no, because now
2: you're giving, like, witches everywhere ideas.
1: It just <laughs> sounds like a recipe for disaster. It, it is. It, it, like, it sounds like deep-fried anime. <laughs> deep-fried cat girl.
2: <laughs> oh, God, no. <laughs> Someone's going to make the mashed potato version of that now. It's
1: not kawaii. <laughs> it's not kawaii <quite> at all. <laughs> no.
2: no, it's going to be a genki dish.
1: Ah! <laughs> It'll we be are like terrible human beings.
2: Yes, we're going to hell. It's official. Um, <laughs> yes. Uh, anyway, tell you what. Before we take our journey downwards into the fire <laughs> and flames, let's uh, catch up with the Laura, also known as Goffy Twerb. We'll be back in a few. M- uh, we'll be back after that and a song.
4: Hello, I'm Dave, and welcome to the Geek Show. We're at Doki uh, Doki in Manchester, and I'm joined by one of the many awesome artists here. If you could introduce yourself and tell you tell us all why you are so awesome.
7: Um, hiya, uh, my name is Laura. I'm one of the artists. Um, I'm awesome because I know the extended version of the Fresh Prince of Bel Yes, that
4: I've just discovered. <laughs> and also, the last time I saw you, you had an awesome beard.
7: I did. I did. Um, my yeah. go-to cosplay is Gimli.
4: Which is epic, of course. Oh and, yes. Uh, like I know yourself and your friend Charlie. I've seen. At, at your joint table because you're table bros. Yeah, and I've seen you at so many different cons. What is it like going to like a, such a variety? Because I've seen you at sci-fi, at anime, at this one Japanese culture con. So, do they do they differ in anywhere?
7: Um, yes, you do tend to get um, different crowds of people. Our Well, our tables do art and jewellery. We tend to cater for pretty much everyone, so we've got everything from Pokemon to Sherlock and Doctor Who. Um, Different people obviously go for different things.
4: Do you change what your table layout is for each con?
7: um, Yeah.
4: So for something like this, you probably put more Pokemon out?
7: Yes, definitely. A lot more Pokemon, a lot more uh, Sailor Moon. Yeah. A lot more um, cutesy things as well.
4: But does the other stuff that you do, like all the Hobbit stuff and things like that, does that still go down well, even at this sort of...
7: Yes, surprisingly. Um, I wasn't expecting to do pretty well with uh, some of the Hobbit fan art and things, but... So it's a big crossover. Yeah, a big crossover, but I think a lot of people who like the stuff here also, you know, like other things like The Hobbit, Lord of the Rings, that sort of stuff. So if
4: you cover all bases with fandoms... You'll be the most successful and best artist here?
7: Yes. All fandoms. So if like people- a Pokemon master only with fandoms. So
4: you have all the badges?
7: All the badges.
4: Excellent. So if people want to check out your art, where should they go to?
7: Um if they want to check out my art, they should go to Facebook forward slash GoffyTwerb. Sounds weird but it's
4: coffee Twerb. Yes. Okay.
7: Um, but if they want the geeky jewellery, they need to go to Charles Bazaar. And she's on Facebook and Etsy as well.
4: Awesome. Uh, thanks very much for talking to us, Laura. <laughs> no problem. And uh, I hope you have a very successful con.
1: Thanks for talking to us, and we'll see you again.
7: <laughs> okay, Goodbye. no problem. Bye.
1: Hello, I'm Professor Elemental, and whenever I'm not riding a badge around my grounds or hitting my monkey butler with a stick, I'm listening to The Geek Show, and my God, I love it.
2: Don't worry about finishing, uh, well, actually, yeah, finish Mm -hmm. Plan R, then go watch After Story. You know, the ending is a bit too kind of vanilla for me, but the rest of the series was very well done. Right?
8: I I will endeavour to do so. And you will love,
2: you will adore Ushio.
1: I will endeavour to do so.
2: Okay, I, I, I think you will adore Ushio. You don't know who that is.
1: I haven't got a clue.
2: Exactly, because you've only seen half the first series. Okay. <laughs> anyway, um, shall we do some reviews before yes. we come back to the uh Doki Doki? You can go first with Shangri-La. Uh
1: yeah, uh Shangri-La? Uh. Yes.
2: <laughs> Shangri-La? What? Hey, what? Did I watch that?
1: <laughs> uh, it's uh MVM.
2: It is MVM. MVM.
1: Entertainment.
2: Yes, MVM Entertainment.
1: Uh, first half of Shangri-La, I believe. The first 12 episodes. Yes. So I haven't actually seen the whole series yet.
2: Yes. Well, you can talk well, about the first 12 episodes.
1: And I, I did enjoy them. I will be watching the rest of Shangri-La. If that's a review. But, um, no, aside from a severe case of main character hair... (laughs) I like it. Everybody in this world is brunette except for those with pink and blue hair. Pink and blue.
2: Revenge of the blue hair.
1: Oh, gosh.
2: It's right up there with Revenge of the Pink Panther.
1: Um... I, I was I must admit I was I was a bit confused for the first like maybe two or three episodes because I was just a bit like what what's ha- what's happening here why is she in prison wait what what uh, why why is there a... <sighs> if you don't mind it, there's there's a girl with extraordinarily risque skirt I mean it's it's what we would call a greyhound <laughs> um, there's a computer program which can only be described as a Pokemon. <laughs>
2: It's
1: it's, it's a Pokemon, and it appears to be in pain. Um, There's a transgendered welcoming party. It's an anime, people. If you were expecting pantsuits and decorum, go watch Hillary Clinton for a bit. I'm sure she'll she'll suffice. But if you want an anime... This is very good. The animation is very pretty in places. I love the way the jungles are animated. Mm. I love the way um, Atlas is depicted. It's always sort of present in the mm. background, quite foreboding and uh, shielded and mist.
2: Quite ominous as well. Isn't yeah, it? yeah, it's
1: quite. It, it's it's always it's omnipresent. It's it's yeah. quite. It's always sort of just there in the background, waiting. Yeah. <laughs> um. Some faults are, um, I feel Kuniko sort of. She has a bit. She has a case of dead eye. Um, in that, I mean, her eyes just never really come alive like some animes. I mean, there are some where they're just fantastically drawn, but her eyes just. just look dead. She just never has any sort of life in her face. She just sort of, like. mumbles through things, really. Yeah. Um. I think that might be down to, like, her eye colour or just the way they're drawn really it, far it, apart. It,
2: it might be the way they're drawn. It might be the animation more um, than anything else.
1: And the animation, uh, the way her her body mechanics work tend to be a bit, like, loose and free. Um, kind of like
2: a crash test dummy. <laughs> yeah,
1: she's, she's like, almost got uber elastri- elasticity in her joints. She she doesn't really feel like she has much control over her own movements, Unless she's fighting. And then she has all the control over her movements until Momoko comes over and goes, you have no control over your movements. <laughs> Doesn't she fight with, like, a
2: giant boomerang?
1: Yeah, she has a massive boomerang.
2: How do I mean, isn't she, like, a little girl?
1: Uh, she's, oh, a
2: teenager, I should yeah, say. Yeah,
1: she's a teenager with a massive boomerang.
2: Doesn't... Uh, that sounds like the most <laughs> the wrong sentence ever. <laughs> but, uh,
1: Momoko is a like seven foot tall transgendered lady with massive boobs yeah so i'm gonna go out on a limb and say it's an anime
2: (laughs) and it's anime Deal um, with it
1: (laughs) i i am i'm fairly sort of like i i don't watch much anime like this is one of the like few that i have watched so i'm gonna say i have noticed a pattern (laughs) yeah. <laughs> and this fits in with the pattern.
2: <laughs> Question is, are you looking forward to seeing the second half of it?
1: I am, I am actually. It was it, it, it has drawn me in, especially with the screaming kid in the swimming pool of doom. <laughs> um, that was no. And then the other transgendered woman who sort of like nurses the kid who crushes liars, that's also weird. Yeah. <laughs> the sun, the moon and the land and the screaming kid in the pool of doom. (laughs) If anyone's seen it, they will understand what I'm talking about. And if you don't, I advise you to go and watch it because then you will understand what I'm talking about. Um, There's also... There's a a weird part where I I feel like it was lacking magic and they just sort of went, oh, we need to come up with a a magic mechanic. So suddenly... um, Kuniko can control the markets, the economic carbon market, with her mind. And then she's just sort of turning a computer earth. And then suddenly the tiny cute Pokemon is now, like, Dragonite or something. (laughs) It's like Digivolved. Or, like, whatever Pokemon X and Y do. (laughs) So, I I would advise you watch it. You will probably understand it more than I do, um, knowing your tropes and things. But I am enjoying it, and I will endeavour to understand it more from this point.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Right, okay, fantastic. Uh, Me, I am reviewing Arakawa Under the Bridge, and if you thought Shangri-La was strange, you ain't seen nothing yet. (laughs) Right? out of Under the Bridge follows the life of uh, Ichinom, Ichinomiya Ko, the son of a wealthy businessman. He's never had to rely on anyone or anything in his life for 21 years, right? He's 21 years old, never had to rely on anyone or anything, never been, more importantly, indebted to anyone for anything. But all that changes one day when his pants are stolen and then thrown on top of a bridge. While he tries to rescue them, he falls off the bridge and nearly drowns, but he's saved by a strange blonde-haired girl named Nino, the first person who ever did anything for him in his entire life. Only problem is, now, he wants to know how he can repay the favour, because he doesn't want to be indebted to anyone. He's used to being, not owing anyone any favours whatsoever. Nino asks him to be her lover, and that's how cause. I don't know what you'd call it. Uh, It's not exactly life. It's not exactly hardship. But all his troubles start from that point. And I mean all his troubles. What follows is one of the maddest, strangest comedies to come out of Japan in recent years. This is right up there with the likes of Astro Fighter Sun Red, Gintama, The Jungle Was Always Peaceful, then along came Goo. Um, All those great shows. This is right up there with all of them, including Dragon Half, all right? Arakawa under the bridge. I laughed so hard I fell off my chair. <laughs> right? It has a rock star whose head is in the shape of a star. It has a kappa who's basically an old dude dressed as a kappa. It, these are all because you know the, the the age old saying: you find the weirdest things under the bridge. That's why it's called Arakawa Under the Bridge. Because under that bridge, there is all sorts of weirdness. It's like all of the weirdness in anime suddenly coagulated into a comedy show that's set under a bridge. (laughs) There's a a cross-dressing nun. Oh, sorry, a cross-dressing Yakuza nun. (laughs) It just goes on from there. You know, it's kind of... It's the machine-gun humour, but it, it, it works in this series... And, yes, okay, the animation is not the... Br- it's, it's, sometimes it's great, sometimes it's not so great, but you're there for the humour. You're there for the laughs. And laughs you will get if you approach this series with the right mindset. If all you want is something that will that will make you laugh so hard your sides will hurt, right, this is a good option. It's from MVM. It's out... Uh, I think it's out already, or it might be out tomorrow. I can't remember. Um, but it's a fantastically funny series. And... I would recommend this to anyone who's a fan of anime comedy. If you think you know anime comedy, but you haven't seen Arakawa, Ogintama, or even Astro Fighter Sunred, then no, you don't know anything about anime comedy. Um, if you think that shows, you know that some odd shonen and Shaw is the funniest thing that you've ever seen. Try watching this. This is a whole different level of humour, and it shows. Um, and Co is brilliant because he is literally it, he. You know the whole comedy duo thing. You got the fall guy and the straight man. Yeah. Right. Co is the only straight man in the entire series. Everyone else is the fall guy. Oh. <laughs> yes, it is basically. It's it's like it's like he's got his own harem of fall guys, <laughs> uh, and most of them are guys. <laughs>
1: Sounds like it's just really hard for him. <laughs>
2: <laughs> it is his his hardships have only just started because there is a sequel to this oh. called Arakawa Under the Bridge X Bridge. <laughs> Which the thing is, Nino, Nino is convinced that I mean she's uh, you know a rather cute blonde girl, right? She likes to see uh, uh, if I remember uh, you know if I remember my series correctly, she likes to sleep in drawers. Um, yeah, don't even go there. And she thinks she's from another planet. She might actually be from another planet because it's never explained whether she is or not. (laughs) There's more. There's a whole lot more. Aricall Under the Bridge is one of those shows that you have to watch to, uh, to really believe it. Talking about it doesn't do it justice. It really doesn't. And it's kind of the dead... What gets me the most is... Nino reminds me of Goo a lot. She reminds me of Goo. And anyone who's seen... Uh, The Jungle Was Always Peaceful... Then Along Came Goo... Will understand exactly what I mean by that... But I know that most of you out there... In Radio Land... Have not seen that show... So... you know, Find it... Watch it... Nino has this kind of deadpan delivery... You know... She's... uh, uh, The difference between Nino and Goo... Though... Is... Nino is kind of a bit haphazard... And a little bit innocent in what she does... So she's not quite understanding... You know... That core is basically going through all sorts of hardship... Um, Whereas Goo... Is just pure evil... <laughs> you know in the body of a in the body of a little girl and her own and her hobby is making the lead character you know give, basically she wants to give him make him so stressed he has like an aneurysm or something like that Aww. and she's doing it because it's a hobby that's when she's not in Godzilla mode or swallowing like rivers and mountains and stuff like that
1: necessarily cruel
2: yes, she is <laughs> or else what would you call someone who gives a bear a bear hug while wrestling the bear? Yeah, okay. Mm -hmm. Anyway, back to Arakow Under the Bridge. It is funny. It is oddball. It's totally nuts. And it's absolutely fantastic. Well worth watching. Um, We're going to take a very quick break there with Ian, who's the uh, chair of the World Bonsai Society. Um, We're going back to Doki Doki. After that, we'll uh, uh, we'll have a song. Then we'll come back in with more Doki Doki. In the meantime... Here's Ian talking about Bonsai, and if you are interested in Bonsai, pay attention because there's some good information in this. Hi everyone, this is Rob here from the Geek Show over at Doki Doki uh, down in Manchester. I'm talking to Ian, who's one of the artists who's been doing a lot of Bonsai
9: work. Tell us more about what you do, Ian. Uh, well, basically, I run the Whittle Bonsai Society. And I've been into Bonsai now for about uh, between 25-30 years. I, uh, I got into Bonsai through my love of Japanese culture. Originally, it was into martial arts, and um, that sort of brought me to bonsai. Um, what we do is we basically take raw material. Uh, a lot of our trees are collected from either the wild or from uh, urban gardens, um, clearance places, things like that, and we um, style them into bonsai trees. So, how difficult is the process to make a bonsai tree? Well. It, it, it's it can be it's quite a long process. Um, I mean, if you, you can collect something like a privet from an urban garden, uh, obviously a big tree that's been growing in an urban garden for many years, that it's been allowed to thicken up and, and develop just as a as a tree. And then what we do is we cut the, that tree down to like to about twelve inches, uh, two foot maybe from, from its root system, and then we redevelop the branches from the brand new buds. And once them branches have developed. And, f- and thickened up in comparison with the trunk of the tree. We then wire them into position and, and we, we, we make new branches out of them to, 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 to create a, a, tr- a small tree image rather than a, a bush. A lot of people look at bonsai trees and they don't realise it is actually an art form, isn't it? Yeah, it's a, it is an art form, but you can't do the art of bonsai without the horticultural principles. Yeah. You must know about the horticultural principles and this is something that people have got to learn. It, it, it can be quite difficult and even now after 25, 30 years in bonsai, I still have to refer to, 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 to books uh, to, 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 to remind me of certain horticultural principles, i.e. pruning, repotting, what soils to use, uh, when's the best time to prune, when's the best time to wire a tree, things like that. One of the things that I've noticed from the
2: trees that you've got up in front of us, I mean they look amazing, I've got to say, thank you. they look fantastic.
9: It must take a lot of love and passion. To it, it, it's an awful lot of work. Yeah, it, it, people go to B and Q and they buy a little bonsai tree and they stick it on top of the mantelpiece, and they think, oh, you know, that'll look nice there forever. Well, it won't. The d- d- 99% chance that tree's gonna die. Yeah, a, a tree lives outside. A tree's got to be outside. That's where it lives. Just the same as the trees in the wild live outside. Bonsai are bonsai trees. Are the same. Um, yeah, you've got to know how much water, how much water to give them during the growing season. You can overwater them, you can underwater them. You need to have them grown in the right uh, growing uh, mix. Um, you, you, again, what I said before, you need to know when to prune them. It's it's a something which is a, it's a long process of learning. People go to Japan and they train with the masters in Japan, and they serve seven year apprenticeships. And even then, they come back to to Europe or America, and they're still learning. I'm still learning. I still learn every single day about bonsai. Wow.
2: If somebody wanted to get into the art of bonsai, where would they go? What sort of resources would they use?
9: The the, the best, the first um, step would be to go nowadays. You've got the internet. There's thousands and thousands of websites out there which give you lots and lots of information. They give you information about your local club, which is if you're passionate about bonsai and you want to get into it properly, the best thing for anybody to do will be to join a bonsai club because that's where you'll learn. You, you meet like-minded people. It, it's hands-on, more yeah. so than, than reading a book or going on the internet.
2: It's one of the common misconceptions about bonsai is that it's a very insular art. It's not, though. It's a very communal thing, isn't it? Oh, well,
9: definitely. I mean, certainly in the West, uh, uh, it's absolutely uh, really big. It's a big art. I mean, in this country alone, there's many, many shows that go on throughout the year in um, various parts of the country. And they're, they're really big, big shows. And, and Europe, uh, America now, American are just starting to come into to, to Bonsai in a big way because the people have been going over there and have been learning off the Masters. Yeah. A- and and America is going to be a major force in Bonsai in, in the future.
2: Fantastic. Right, and uh, do you guys have a website that people
9: can Yeah, Yeah, to? we've got a, a, a blog site, Whittle Bonsai. If you, if you put Whittle Bonsai into Google, uh, our blog site address will come up. And, and there's many, many other societies throughout the country which have got websites and blog sites. Fantastic. Thank you so much, Ian. It's been a pleasure talking to you and finding more about Bonsai. Thank you very much. Thank you.
0: Hi, this is Sunny Strait, and you lucky devils are listening to The Geek Show. Consider yourself a very, very fortunate.
2: Um, Right, we do have more interviews. So, let's crack on with the interviews from yesterday. Uh, Coming up is uh, Steve from Neon Martian talking to Steve about fake goods, right? So, if you are into your figures and collectibles, uh, you know, pay attention to that one. And then after that, Dave uh, Dave was talking to Nigel from the Japan Society. So, let's crack on with those. Uh, We'll be back soon after these... messages. (laughs)
0: messages
4: <laughs> Hi everybody the Geek Show are on tour at Doki Doki in Manchester. I'm here with Nigel from the Japan Society and uh, I'm just going to ask him a few questions about what the Japan Society Northwest is, what you do and uh, anything else you'd like to tell me about it.
8: The Japan Society Northwest tries to introduce Japanese culture to basically to the northwest. Yeah. So we're centered around Manchester and Liverpool and we try to create Japanese themed events and drawing Japanese clubs and societies together.
4: Oh, that's really cool. Uh, so what do you think of events like uh, Doki Doki? It's uh, excellent.
8: It's excellent.
4: I mean, all the anime and manga culture. Yeah.
8: I like anime. My daughters love anime, so we're well into this.
4: Yeah. Uh, I've just had a talk with Akemi Soloway, who's been telling me so- lovely stories about anime bringing people together in England and Japan and friendships well, forming. You can see
8: that, can't you?
4: Yeah. So... What sort of things do you do in terms of um, outreaching to the community and telling them about the culture?
8: Um, Every two years we organise a Japan Day. Uh, The last one was in June in Liverpool at the Hope University, and two years before that we had one at uh, Manchester Midland uh, Hotel. Uh, Uh, In addition to that, we try to organise smaller events throughout the year, to where we had a T70 a couple of weeks, uh, a couple of months ago. Things like that. we had a manga drawing session about five months ago now.
4: Oh, so, so tea ceremonies and learning to draw manga, um, they're, they're all great sort of things that like people can get involved with. And uh, yes. like I think the, the Japanese and the English both have a mutual love of tea. So There's a lot that's of interesting we're gonna...
8: Japanese things with groups that are specific. We like martial arts, so they're into martial yeah. arts. They like embroidery, so they're into embroidery. We like kimonos of winter kimonos we sort of bring them together we give them a place to be yeah and doki doki I mean, does the same We can see the same people yeah there, it's
4: yeah. such a rich and diverse amount of interest that like there are so like the, the japanese cooking's great like i sorry I just glanced at the sushi stand there a lot and of know,
8: people like japanese sushi we find that we have to get sushi in any other events if we can
4: yeah um I, I love some of the sweet things actually myself uh, things like the kit kats uh, you know the special little limited edition ones in the yes. various flavours it's slight, a slight addiction to them myself but uh, so you put on the event uh, is it every two years? that's uh, what we do at the moment yes the main the main event and the smaller events as you go well, the
8: small events we get between 20 and 50 people the main event we've had up to 2,000 oh that's, that's um, awesome and we get sponsorship so we don't have to charge so it's yeah. a free event oh, so we we'll anybody... try not to, co- to compete with Doki Doki
4: Oh, that's that's really cool. So it means that anyone can drop in without having to uh, pay out vast sums of money just to yes. experience the culture, and yeah. hopefully that broadens the net of who, like the type of different type of people you get. Is there a specific particular type of person that will come for information, or is it any sort of uh, age group or?
8: I think with the growth of anime and manga, it's any age group and any type of person. I haven't been able to pick out a type. Yeah. Uh, I think anime and manga is causing a growth of interest.
4: Oh, definitely. Um, do you find uh, many uh, older people who may not have like encountered anime and manga still interested in Japanese culture?
8: There's a crossover, yes. Not always, but anime and manga introduce Japanese culture. They have kimonos, they have samurai, they have all that kind of thing in them. Yeah. So you get sucked in naturally.
4: And you get a glimpse of like their high school lives and how that sort of thing works yes. and that sort of thing. Yes. So you get a good slice of culture across the yes. board. And there's quite okay, a lot You of...
8: want to know more, yes.
4: Yep. there's quite a lot of things based on historical and cultural events as well that I'm sure that you will... Uh... In a
8: way, in the Japan Society in northwest, North West, we're a bit behind because we still concentrate on the old-fashioned, like kimonos and, and sushi and swords. But anyway, and manga is coming in more and more.
4: Oh, that's really cool. Uh, thanks a lot for talking to us. And if people want to get involved with the Anime North West Society, how would they do that?
8: We have a website. If you go to jsnw.co.uk, I think it is, you can find us there and okay. give you all the information you need.
4: Excellent. That's excellent. Thanks very much for talking to us, Nigel. Thank you for helping. And uh, thank you very much.
6: Hey, this is Nico Robin from One Piece, and you're listening to The Geek Show.
2: Hi everyone, this is Rob from The Geek Show. We're at Doki Doki and I'm talking to Steve from Neon Martian. How are you doing, Steve? I'm not too bad, thank you. And yourselves? Uh, we're okay. It's, uh, what do you think of Doki Doki so far, then?
10: Well, it's the first time I've done it, um, but I understand that the numbers are double what they had last time. So, um, from my side, it's, uh, yeah, it's very impressive.
2: You've got quite a display on uh, here at your, uh, your side of things. Tell us more yeah. about the stuff that you traded.
10: Well, we are uh, predominantly a sort of figure-based dealer, and uh, I work directly with some of the big companies in Japan, so the likes of Kotobukiya, Good Smile, uh, Alter, uh, Max Factory. Uh, we carry a range of products from small little trading figures like you would expect to find in like the convenience stores in Japan, right the way up through the premium models from uh, the likes of Vocaloid, BlackRock Shooter and sort of bishoju statues from uh, the comics um, and uh, and various other pieces like that. One of the things I noticed was
2: you've got that sign saying, say no to fix. Mm -hmm. Is the whole fake merchandise thing still a big problem?
10: Yeah, it's quite a big problem. I mean, even the Japanese studios themselves are getting more aware of it and putting information on their website to sort of forewarn people about uh, their products which are being uh, copied and what to look for so uh yeah unfortunately here in the west it is still a big problem because uh you know many of these uh titles uh sort of uh, the vocaloids the black rock shooters where they can easily get uh copies of the the models and then cast um copies of those if you like and uh, then sell them various over various websites or wherever that might be um then yeah unfortunately it's still something because uh uh, you know, it's quite easy to get these from the factories in China and then quite easy to make copies of them yeah. and then sell them what you think is cheaper. But unfortunately, yeah. what you're getting is an inferior version.
2: So what advice would you give to uh, people who are looking to buy figures to so that they avoid the fake merchandise?
10: Well, you know, a good thing is to, yeah, you know, for, so for example, one of the, the companies, Good Smile, so if you go to their website and they have an English page, they've actually got a, uh, a section on there about fakes and it's quite informative in terms of what you should look for. Obviously, it's quite difficult if you're looking online via maybe some certain auction sites or something like that. I mean, one of the things to look for, obviously, is price, because to be fair, price is going to be fairly indicative. Um, Obviously, if you get the chance to come to conventions and see some of the merchandise that's being sold, there are things to look for. Often the Japanese studios will have, like, uh, license stickers and things like that. But also, if you sort of look at the... The items themselves, you will see a difference in quality. Yeah. Um, but but yeah, you know, if you go to forums and things like that, you know, talk about, uh, you know, often people will talk about their collections, so you can find out from there who are the reputable uh, retailers, um, and and you know, just trying to get as much information as you can, really.
2: One of the things that stands out from my my side on the other side of the counter, I should say, mm-hmm. when I'm at conventions like Doki Doki, is the difference in the quality. When you come to say a reputable dealer like yourself, and you go to um, someone who maybe doesn't have the reputation and isn't stocking honest goods, yeah. we'll call them that. You know the difference in quality, not just in terms of the product. But in
10: terms of the presentation as well. Yeah, it's, it's all of that. Well, you've got to bear in mind that these are from Japanese studios and yeah. no one produces a higher quality product than the Japanese. Yeah. And they've obviously got big licenses that they've got to support. So it's yeah. in their interest to produce high quality products. Obviously, the ones that are producing the counterfeit products, that's not what their interest is. It's yeah. basically to produce a product that looks like whoever it might try to be and basically try to sell them very quickly. You'll also find that the companies that will be selling that usually. Aren't going to provide any kind of after-sales website or support or anything like that. Um, So, so yes, it is. You know, if you go online you will get sites that will compare the difference between the genuine article and the one that isn't and and yeah the differences are quite pronounced yeah. unfortunately the problem is the companies that copy won't just copy the figure they'll copy the boxes and all that and while again they're not so good you know they are trying to mislead you a little bit so yeah. you know you do have to go in with as much information as you can and you know if you ask questions so if you come to companies like us if we're at event and ask us we'll give you as much information as we can not necessarily to to sell you what we've got but also yeah. to advise you on what to look for because you don't want to go and spend you know maybe 40 or 50 pounds on a counterfeit product and find that you know it melts in your room because you know the quality of the plastic is so bad
2: it's that old saying keeping the market, market honest keeps the market healthy
10: yeah uh, yeah absolutely yeah because it's in our interest for that it's in the interest of the japanese to do that but it's interest for you because if you buy you know if you spend 40 pounds on a you know a counterfeit product it's worthless money you're not going to be able to then resell it exactly. whereas if you buy the real thing and after two years your interest change or something and you keep the box or whatever or sometimes not even with the box but if you've got the real item and you then decide you want to resell it often you'll get you know much of your merchandise you know, you know your money you've invested back but sometimes you might even get more because I, they come so collectible
2: yeah i uh, looking at some of the figures that you've got on display you've got quite a lot that i've never seen before how do, would people find you online then if they wanted to buy from you?
10: Well, so we've got a website which is uh, all the W's dot uh, Obviously, that carries a uh you know a a fair representation of the merchandise we do it doesn't cover all of it unfortunately because there's some things which are not really suited for online like the smaller figures where we'll open them and you know id them and obviously to have that online isn't so practical um but uh, you know that's where we will have you know most of our um yeah merchandise certainly the, the 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 bigger figures um you know we'll have on the website but also we do try to support as many as the conventions as we can because you know it gives the chance to to meet people as well and get an idea of what people are interested in and you know what they're uh, you know what they're looking to buy as well
2: fantastic thank you so much for talking to us today steve that's no problem you're most it's welcome a pleasure. thank you no problem
10: okay
2: hi everyone welcome back to 104.5 CBFM you just heard from nigel from the Japan Society and steve talking about fake goods thank you so much for that uh, for the explanation about that steve and all the instructions on how to spot goods and where to go to find out more
8: hi there i'm john from insert coin clothing you're listening to the geek show hi
2: everyone this is rob we're here at Doki Doki again and i'm talking to al davison hi al how are you doing i'm fine thanks tell me a little bit more about yourself you're sitting here in the middle of a japanese cultural festival but i've been looking at your artwork and it's very different to what everyone else is doing
11: um there's still a japanese influence in fact um I actually taught myself to draw by copying um, Hokusai sketchbooks Ah when I was a child. I grew up, that's how I learned to draw. So there is a strong Japanese influence in my work. Yeah. And I do some work like the manga Portraits, yeah. which is more pure manga, but my work has a diverse style since I work for DC Comics and various other publishers. Fantastic. So what sort of comics have you worked on in the past? Um, well, my, probably my most famous book in Britain is the um, Spiral Cage, which is actually my autobiography done in comics form. Yeah. I've also recently worked on The Unwritten for DC Vertigo. Wow. Um, and uh, also House of Mystery for Vertigo. Wow. And I'm currently doing a book for uh, Renegade Arts. They're a Canadian publisher. Yeah. Um, called um, *Bloodlight*, which is basically
2: true blood meets uh, Oliver Cromwell. Really? <laughs> that sounds amazing. Mm. So how did you uh, become fascinated with Japanese art?
11: Well... I spent most of my childhood in hospital. I was born with spina bifida. Oh. Um, and strangely, I had a dream when I was very young of an image that I kept seeing. And it wasn't until I was able to talk and describe it to one of the nurses who was looking after me that she basically told me it was the famous picture of the wave by Hokusai. And I'd been dreaming about this picture in hospital in an isolation unit, and I'd never seen a picture before. I'd never seen a book. Wow. There was no pictures on the walls. And then when I got out of the hospital, I went straight to the local library and I found a book on Hokusai and started studying him. Um, So very much a a strong influence. When I was 17, I started doing uh, karate and I've been doing kung fu as well most of my life. So a 50 grey black belt. Um, I also practiced uh, the Buddhism of Nisho Daishonan, it's a Japanese form of Buddhism. So I've been very influenced by Japanese culture all my life. That's amazing.
2: Do you find it difficult switching from, say, a manga style to your original style, which is influenced by HuckSide? No, I I I tend not to think in terms of style.
11: Ah. Um, I've got a book at the moment called The Alchemist's Easel, which is all about tapping into your creativity and tapping into the unconscious. And the whole process that I developed out of that situation, which came about when I actually lost my sight several years ago, Mm -hmm. I went blind, and then I developed drawing techniques from that, which basically is about avoiding formula. Yeah. So, being able to be creative and every time you do a drawing, almost reinventing the process. Yeah. So, you never get trapped into just a, a formulaic way of doing things. So, consequently, I find it very easy just to work in any way which seems appropriate for any project.
2: That's amazing. Uh, seriously, it, it, it is amazing. Because I, I know several artists who find it difficult to switch styles to, mm. because they've become used to one particular style. Yes. Find it difficult to cross over and do something completely mm. different.
11: And a lot of publishers. Prefer artists to have one recognizable style. Yes. Whereas I tended to develop my career based on having been able to adapt. Yeah. So one of my editors who used to work at Vertigo, Alisa Quitney, she used to say that if she didn't recognize the piece of artwork that came in, she thought it was probably mine. <laughs> so, and often if I'm asked to work on a project where there's other artists been working on it, and I'm not actually asked to copy their style, yeah. but to, to, to complement their style by working in a way that will fit nicely with the work that's already gone before. So that's quite a useful uh, skill to have. So. Fantastic.
2: How would people go about finding out more about your work? Um,
11: I have a website, theastralgypsy.com, and I'm also on um, uh, Facebook, uh, if you look for the Astral Gypsies playground.
2: Ah, Astral Gypsy? Yes. Ah, uh, you're competing with Alan Moore for Space Wizard?
11: Well, I was given that nickname by the nurse I mentioned when I was in hospital. Ah, right. Because she explained to me when I was very young in the hospital, I was in an isolation unit from being born till I was two years old. Yeah. Never saw night or day, the lights were on 24-7, no windows. And she actually explained to me the difference between dreaming and being awake. Yeah. And she said when you're um, lying on this metal frame, surrounded by machines, you're awake. And when you're doing backflips over Fuji, you're dreaming. I was quite disappointed it was that way around initially. Um, I would be. But she nicknamed me the Astral Gypsy because she said I spent more time on the Astral Plane than I did in the hospital bed. And so when we decided to go into business, it was the natural,
2: the name stuck, you know. That's fantastic. Thank you so much for that. It's been a pleasure talking to you. And you, thank you very much. I'll let you get back to your work. Thank you so much. Thank you.
1: I'm Christopher
2: Sabat, voice of Alex Louis Armstrong, the strong arm alchemist. And you're listening to The Geek Show, which has been passed down the Armstrong line for a generation or two. Hi, everyone. This is Rob, and this is our final interview at Doki Doki in Manchester 2013, and we're talking to Andy. Hey, man. How are you doing? (laughs) Andy (laughs) is, for everyone who doesn't know, Andy is the brains and the
12: brawn behind this event. I wouldn't call myself the brawn. I'm a little bit weedy, but, you know, <laughs> I did have to shift about 100 tables this morning, so I suppose, you know, I built up a muscle on that little sinew. <laughs> <laughs> so how's it been for you today, Andy? Um, it's actually been amazing. We've really enjoyed it this year. Um, the first year that we ran the festival, we had 1,500 people turn up. We had it in one hall, and it was packed. You couldn't move. This year, we've spread it out over two halls... And we've had 3,000 people turn up. Wow. Even, well, to be honest with you, it does look a bit better. You know, I mean, you you can actually move in here this year, which, you know, it works. (laughs) So, but yeah, we've we've managed to spread everything out. We've got the gaming area uh, in a separate room. We've got all the talks in a separate room. All the traders and artists are in a separate room. Societies, you know, it's it's amazing. And we've not had any stage clashes this year. Because last time we had to play stages off one another. This year, because we've had them in separate rooms, it's been a lot easier to manage. So, yeah, it's been amazing. Really enjoyed it. That's fantastic. So, what's been your favourite part of today? It's got to be the Taiko drummers. Seriously, they they are my favourite guys. Um, we try to get them every year. Um, and, you know, it's the Kyobi Taiko group. Uh, you might have to double check on that one yeah. because my brain's starting to go to mush. Um, they are unbelievable. They're so professional and uh, the setup that they do and the performance that they do is absolutely amazing so they're one of my highlights my other one strangely enough are playing over at the zoo now so i'm missing them playing but i have seen them live before and it's an amazing japanese band called budo grape who've flown over especially to play for us but they are doing a couple of other tours around the country while they're over here so that's that's fantastic so where does Doki Doki go from here Oh, uh, to be honest with you, I think we'll be staying where we are. Yeah. Uh, in the sense that we'll still try to get the same venue again. Yeah. Our next uh, next doki doki won't be till 2015. We do do it every other year. Yeah. And we there is a reason for that. We have the uh, Japan Society Northwest who do a Japan Day every other year. Yeah. And some of their guys help us out. Some of our guys help them out. We just want to keep sweet with them. So. Our it's a festivals nice way of doing year. things. It is, you yeah, know. It is. It's a nice way of sharing the credit as well, you know. You're right, and and their their events are a lot different to ours. Yeah. The Japan Day is more about traditional Japanese, and um, they have a lot more uh, societies tables there. Very little to do with the anime side, so their events has yeah. a different feel entirely to ours. Um, so it's good to play off one another in that sense. So yeah, that's fantastic. So. If you could improve anything about today, what would you improve? Uh, get more staff to help me in the morning. Seriously, we we come in first thing. We had uh, 200 tables to set up, and I was stood in the middle of the de- dealers' hall with a pile of tables and nobody there to help me move them. Oh, and I was looking wow. around for people, going, "Where is everyone? We've got we've got staff here, and there's no no one to be seen. Where are they? <laughs> you know." But yeah, I think I think to help us out, staff-wise. On the other side of it, do so you know what? I think we've actually covered all the bases this year. Yeah. You know, there's a few things we missed out last time, but this year, you know, we've really done quite well. We've got a great gaming area run by uh, the Lasagara Computer Club and yeah. Tokyo Chips, who are both local uh, groups. Uh, they're doing a lot of retro Japanese games all day. Yeah. Um, we've got the Yu-Gi-Oh on again. Maybe next year, not not next year, the year after, might put Pokemon on, Maybe. right okay Andy um, it's been a pleasure talking to you well thank you
2: very much thank Thank you you so much for inviting us down to cover the event that's no problem I enjoyed it to all of our listeners we have been the geek show at Doki Doki it's been an amazing day it's been an amazing event we are looking forward to 2015 oh yeah so and
12: we're (laughs) going to see about poking our nose into the Japan day next year as well you might as well you might as well they're a great team the Japan Society Northwest they're an amazing little team um, you know, and they do everything um, via sponsors, yeah. sponsorship. So they don't charge for people to get in on the door. they yeah. just purely run an events on sponsorship, which is uh, nuts. <laughs> I don't know how they do it.
2: Yeah. <laughs> okay, Andy, thank you so much. Um, we wish you all the best. Good luck in the future. It's been an amazing day. Thank you again
12: for inviting us. Uh, that's no problem. Thank you very much. Thank you. That,
2: that is actually the truth. We are, unfortunately, at the end of the show. We're overrunning slightly, so I apologise for that, to the next show. Doki Doki was a great event. It is back in two years' time. So if you uh, want to get yourself down to a, to what is a brilliant anime convention, don't need to wait two years, you know. Uh, One Con is coming up next year, and Sunnycon is coming up next year. Um, Just a quick reminder to everybody, the quiz night is coming on Wednesday, 7pm, till whenever Mink decides to kick us out.
1: My body is ready.
2: (laughs) (laughs) That just sounded very wrong.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, I decided to meme it off.
2: (laughs) (laughs) That sounded very wrong there. Yes, obviously, Uh, Nat is already ready. Uh, Get your teams together. It is round two of... The Geek Show's uh, Friendly Neighbourhood quiz. This time...
1: I am going to win that cat. (laughs) It's
2: in the raffle, not in the quiz. We do have a Games Tournament afterwards, as well as the raffle. But this time, the winners of the quiz, and remember, teams this time will strictly be between two and five, right? It is £3 per person. Winning team will win a copy of WWE 2K14 each, along with a Royal Rumble 2013 DVD. And that's just for starters. See, if you could multiply your voice, then we'd get the right effect.
1: <laughs> I did I did spirit fingers and everything.
2: I know. We have been at The Geek Show. This has been our Ducky Ducky special. Andy, thank you again so much for inviting us down. It was a fantastic day. And we look forward to heading down there again. We'll see you all next w- Actually, we'll see some of you on Wednesday. <laughs> and everyone else, we'll see you next week. Bye.
9: Bye. <laughs>